1: Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm Fidel, the infidel that Allah warned about a hold to the book, The Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so: sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right—you can see the face that's made for radio. Head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos on the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley Show from Saturday, so that's two hours worth of Bradley Dean. If you miss that and you'd like to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern today. at which time it would be live in that area right there. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you've got there. And then look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Uh, click on that and join us in the chat. We've got a few friends over there this morning. Good to see you guys. Uh, good morning to you. And, uh, yeah, join us over there. And then while you're over there, be sure and subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live is the channel on Rumble. Um, you should get a notification, but boy, I don't know what's going on. People say they're getting unsubscribed. People say that they're not getting notifications. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with it. Okay. I, I just, I don't know. Write support at rumble.com. If you've got any of those kind of problems, write support at rumble.com. And maybe, you know, if enough of you are having those kinds of problems or you are having problems with your comments going through, um, write them and let them know. And if you got to bombard them with it, then bombard them with it. But, uh, yeah, let them know that you see what's going on there. And I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or if they're not doing it on purpose, but I just I don't trust any of them. That's just me. Uh, <laughs> in any case, we're not just streaming live to Rumble and Sons of Liberty dot com, but also before it's news dot com top of the page over there. And then while you're over at Sons of Liberty dot com, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter that contains all the articles. You'll get them each day in your inbox. Um, all the articles from Sons of dot com, including the morning show archives. So be sure and check that out. And I'm going to give you a couple. Of, I'm going to give you several stories today, um, just because boy, there were some that just kind of popped out. And of course, we haven't really dealt with a lot of the COVID deaths and such. But um, you know, I got these two here. I'm just going to give these few right off the top, and then we're going to get to our, our main topic, which is several stories dealing with people who say they're there to uphold the law, but they are undermining. Okay. So these, these first two were given to me by, um, Kate on Saturday when we were talking, uh, this is the first one. This is Miss Bikini Ireland, uh, star. I don't even know what that is. I guess it's a contest you're in. I'm, I'm not really sure. Judy Fitzgerald. And she was like 30, 32. She was 32. And, um, she was a model and a midwife. Uh, she's died in unexpectedly, suddenly. And what do you think the chances are that Miss um, Fitzgerald got the shots? Probably a good percentage that she probably got the shots. Okay, um, I haven't. I'm going to do something on this probably today. Uh, but here's the thing. This is what it says. Judy earned herself a nursing degree at Cork University Hospital before moving to Limerick. Bid midwife, she worked on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic alongside her colleagues at University Hospital Limerick. Away from being a midwife, she worked as a fitness instructor and model. Um, so she did all this kind of stuff. I'm, my guess is if she was working the hospital, she probably had the shot. And here she is, 32 years old, dying suddenly, Miss Bikini Ireland, Judy Fitzgerald. Here's another one. TV doctor and vaccination expert, Dr. Alfredo Victoria, dies suddenly
0: at 42. He looks like he ought to be a healthy guy and putting all this stuff in their bodies. But anyway,
1: we know he took the shot. Why? Because he was an advocate for it. A popular Mexican TV doctor regularly appeared on Mexico Today as a vaccination expert, died suddenly from a myocardial. It not that what that's? Yeah, that's what those shots cause, isn't it? Those shots do
0: cause that, don't they? Huh. Myocardial infarction. Did, did they mean? I, I don't, I, I'm not familiar
1: with that word. Maybe, maybe it is a real word unless they're pulling a Tim Brown here. According to reports, Dr. Dr. Alfredo Victoria Moreno was only 42 years old when he died in his sleep early Monday. He was a vocal advocate of COVID mRNA vaccines. Uh, his massive global fan base took to social media to mourn his untimely death. They referred to his passing as a tragedy. Yeah, well, it was always a tragedy when people are going to believe a lie and they're going to start messing with their bodies in a way God never intended. When God warned them, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Oh, you think you know better than God about what your blood needs and this, that and the other? okay. Go around and play with that stuff. You play stupid games. You win stupid prizes. And I don't say that with any disrespect. Anybody's lost their life over this. I'm just saying, if you're going to go down this road of playing with these sorceries, you need to be aware of the consequences of it. And here's a guy who was clearly out there in the media promoting these shots, and now he's dead. 42. 42. And this young lady, 32. Incredible this one I got today i don't I mean, I don't know these people. I guess there are some kind of influencers in in some crowds. Bodybuilding influencer Joe Lindner, dead at thirty from an aneurysm. now, aneurysms are also caused by that now you can get those from a variety of things too, but here he is, thirty years old. look fit as a fiddle, actually I, I tell you when I see people who are done up like that it almost I don't know i don't. It's just kind of nasty looking to me. That's just me. Um, But he was definitely in a good shape. And um, I'll guarantee you,
0: I'll guarantee you, this guy had the shot too. Guarantee you. It's really a shame. Oh, I got one more.
1: This one I put out um, July the 1st. In case you did not see this, this came from the expose. 1,884 athlete cardiac arrests or serious issues with 1,310 of them dead in less than two and a half years. Have you ever heard of such a thing?
0: Almost 2,000 heart attacks among athletes. Among athletes. And 1,300
1: of them dead in two and a half years. Have you ever heard of such a thing before? Yeah, I I haven't either. I haven't either. And I ask, is this the result of the COVID shot? I, I, think it, I think it obviously is. We've never had deaths and this dying suddenly stuff happen in all our life. I mean, now, we had the SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, and I, most people who are in the know would say, yep, that's caused from the shots. Let me tell you something. If you are pregnant out there, if you've got a daughter
0: or a mom or a sister, if they're pregnant, warn them, if they're going to go in the hospital
1: to have that baby, to not give that child any shots. I don't care if they say vitamin K or what, you don't know what they're putting in your kid. And what does your kid
0: actually need that the Lord hadn't already provided? What do they really need? They don't need those shots. They really don't. I'm not a doctor. I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just saying they don't need that stuff. That's my opinion. Of course, if if your kid's got a serious something going on, you want to
1: take a look at that. I'm not saying don't do that. But this stuff of just saying when your kid appears healthy and everything, we're just going to give them all these shots. We need to give them these shots. Why? Why? Come on. Ugh. God knows how to make the body. He really does. All right. Now, with that said, I want to get to a couple of stories today about people who've been charged to uphold the law, and yet what they do is they undermine it at every turn. They undermine it. You know, we talked about this, um, I think it was on Friday, about these law enforcement officers, as they're called today. They're really policy enforcers, is what they are. Some of them have just degraded to just being a, a group of thugs, entire police departments uh, have have devolved to that. And again, I understand there's some guys out there who don't get in everybody's business and they're not out stealing people's money and they're they're not wanting to, I, I get it, I get it. But I'm telling you, you could do dozens of stories almost daily on corrupt cops of so the stories you find that come out, uh, these First Amendment auditors and second amendment auditors and others who go and specifically are putting themselves in some kind of harm's way by dealing with some police officers who don't know the law, but they try to enforce something they think is law. And uh, you you ought to watch them uh, a couple of these and find out if I'm telling you the truth or not, but I am telling you the truth. First guy up, this guy is out of Oklahoma. Uh, Put this out the other day. Tulsa police chief utters comments that would make Ben Franklin roll over in his grave. And uh, this guy is Oklahoma police chief Wendell Franklin. That's that's interesting, isn't it? Make mention of Ben Franklin, and then here is Wendell Franklin. Um, Ben Franklin was the one who said those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. That's exactly right. Well, uh, police chief Wendell Franklin want you to know that he is a Second Amendment guy. But, you know, let's think about some common sense gun control here. This comes from Guns in the News. Uh, Two short blocks away from the historic Independence Hall and revered Liberty Bell in downtown Philadelphia and at the Old Christ Church burial grounds, Ben Franklin is rolling in his grave. Franklin offered the famous quote, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Tulsa Police Chief Wendell Franklin believes the opposite. In an interview with NPR, Franklin deployed a just trust me gimmick to push for more gun control and uttered, ultimately, I'm a Second Amendment guy. Yeah, sure you are. Sure you are. But I'm okay giving up some of that freedom, right? <laughs> I mean, and then the, the, the obvious statement was, if you give a mouse a cookie, he's going to want what? a glass of milk, right? This sounds like Sean Hannity on Fox News when the when the Michigan militia showed up uh, up there. Where was it? Were they were they at the they weren't at the governor's house? They were at like the Supreme Court or whatever, and they were armed and uh, and Sean Hannity gets on. Well, you know, I'm all for the Second Amendment,
0: but this this show of force. What do you think the Second Amendment is, Hannity? The militia is there to enforce the law.
1: And Hannity doesn't have one problem with a bazillion cops in blue or black or brown or whatever they're wearing, their badge and their. He doesn't have a problem with them coming up there with a show of force. Doesn't have a problem with that at all. That looks normal to him. But if the citizenry who is charged in our Constitution, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 15 and 16, to enforce the law, to repel invasions, to put down insurrections, they're the real law enforcers, me and you
0: guys. When they show up on the scene, And they're ready to do their duty. What does
1: Mr. Second Amendment Sean Hannity say? Oh, you know, this is a show of force. This is unnecessary. We don't need this kind of stuff. Please do it. It's okay. Don't, it doesn't, he doesn't even blink. The people show up to do it. And, oh, we don't need this show of force. Come on, guys. Well, Mr. Franklin here is very much like that. He's very much like that. Um, Tulsa, let me me take you to this. Tulsa, Oklahoma is rated in the top 10 of the nation's 10 dangerous cities.
0: Did you know that? I know it's a hotbed for a bunch of uh, heresies in the church. It's a hotbed for that.
1: It's rated in the top 10 of the nation's most dangerous cities and has a local homicide rate well above the national average. Describing his conversations with Oklahoma state legislatures about surging crime, Police Chief Wendell Franklin seemed defeated in trying to solve the problem of violence plaguing law-abiding and innocent Tulsa residents. It's a topic that's not really brought up a whole lot, and it's something that gets glossed over quite a bit, he said. No one really wants to talk about it. When pressed about why he previously was okay with state legislatures as the duly elected representatives of the people, working on firearm-related policy, but now is pushing for gun control, the chief deployed a familiar gun control tactic. Trust me, he said. (laughs) Uh, I think that was a line uh, that Reagan forgot when he talked about, you know, I'm with the government and I'm here to help. He should have said, yeah, don't trust them either. Ultimately, law enforcement, we are the experts. Now, listen to that.
0: Ultimately, law enforcement, we're the experts. They're the experts. On what? How to infringe on people's rights?
1: How to not uphold the law and uphold policy? How to uh, you know, commit highway robbery on your fellow man? Hmm. Yeah, they're experts, all right. We're the subject matter experts at protecting America, right? Nope, wrong, wrong. Nowhere in the Constitution are are policemen found. They're not. They're not there. In fact, policemen are part of, what do we
0: call them? First responders. First responders. In other words, crime happens
1: and then they respond. And what is supposed to be their response? If you really want to look at what police are are supposed to be when they were called peace officers, where they were supposed to come in after a crime had been committed and do an investigation, write reports, seek to bring the person who committed the crime to justice. That's what they were supposed to do. Now they've been presented as they're this thin blue line. They're this protective, you know, fence that's up between the people and criminals. That's the way they're presented now. That's not what they
0: are, though. That's not what they are. The people are supposed to be that line. The people are the one. That's why they have a Second Amendment,
1: to have a militia and to be able to keep and bear arms anywhere, not just in your house, anywhere. This stuff about you know, taking guns away from people to go in government buildings, while other employees that we have carry their weapons in there. Somehow they, they're, the, they're those pigs that are, you know, they, they have more rights. They're, you know, everybody's equal, but some are equal more than others, right? The George Orwell from the pigs animal farm. Yep, they're, that's what they are. That's what they've made them. They become agents of the state. And here this guy is saying, eh, trust me, we got to sort this out. We're the experts. Don't question us. And he says this, we're the subject matter experts at protecting America, right? Protecting our cities. We should be utilized in that manner. Chief Franklin explained, anything that we do, ultimately, we give up something to have that protection. Well, I'm glad you're not in my city. Because at least around here, the guys that I talk to
0: all believe that we can handle things ourselves. We'll call the cops in after we've dealt with it ourselves.
1: See, this is how it used to be. Men used to understand this. They used to know this, and they used to deal with it in their own communities themselves. Somebody tries to break in the house, they don't call and wait on the phone you know, for the cops to show up in five minutes. No, they pull out their weapon and they're ready to t- try to take on the bad guy who's broke in their house to either steal from them or to hurt them or their family. They do it themselves. They seek to uphold the law. Why? Because in our form of government, that's the way it's supposed to be. That the men of the society are those who seek to uphold the law. Now that they have other guys that they hire to do certain things, yeah, we've talked about that before. People in government, we've said, you can do certain things, we want you to do certain things because you're our servants, you're our employees, you're not our bosses, but that's what they act like, that's how things have been flipped around. Um. Anyway, this guy, here's this guy, he's pushing all this stuff, and yet you can read the dialogue. I've got the dialogue up as well. He said, um, let's see, Police Chief Franklin's gun control dialogue was telling, it once again centered on law-abiding citizens giving up their rights, not criminals committing acts of violence. There you go. That's exactly what it is. Being held to account, he added that it is his belief that law-abiding citizens who may feel threatened or have a completely lawful need to purchase a
0: firearm may need to wait longer to bring their firearm home. Yeah. He's a Second Amendment guy, isn't he? No, he's not. Don't let him fool you. He said, I'm okay with waiting
1: three days, five days, or whatever to get my firearm if I go out and purchase another firearm. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, here's what I want to ask. Here's what I want to ask Police Chief Franklin. Okay, give up all of your guns as police chief, and then you wait the three to five days. You lead by example. See, because this isn't an issue about you having your gun now, and then you're going you're gonna to wait three or five days because you already have a gun. And I want you to do it with threats of duress under your life, under your life, a, thre- a threat against your life. Let's, let's see how you handle it. Well, I can't do that. i got to be a policeman. Nonsense. The men of your community are the law enforcers per our Constitution. And yet, this is what we get. It's okay for you little peons out there, but if you got a, if you got a badge and a uniform, as soon
0: as you get hired, baby, you get to carry that gun. Mm-hmm. We'll even provide it for you. We'll provide the gun for you. But he goes on and he says this. So I'm okay
1: with a pause to allow for weapons to be purchased and allow the government and the gun companies to look at the background and do a thorough check before that gun goes to someone. Again, this is foreign to American ideology. It is foreign to the scripture that you have to prove your innocence before you can be able to exercise your right. To keep and bear arms. Well, this is talking about buying them. Well, buying them's part of keeping them. You can't keep them. You can't have one unless you buy it or unless you make it. And that's becoming more common. This is why the whole gun control thing is a farce. Get your hands on a 3D printer. Got a scanner? You don't even need blueprints or anything. Just get your friend's Glock or whatever. Make your own. Make your own. And it's not registered. So that's what I'm saying. The whole gun control thing is outdated. They're they're going to have to show their face here sooner or later, with uh, some kind of serious confiscation move. But here's what
0: he says: um, he's okay with government and gun companies working together. Hmm. Yeah, to do
1: background checks. He was discussing his belief that there should be more restrictions on law abiding Americans purchasing modern sporting rifles and unfinished firearm components that practice gunsmiths have been using since before the founding of the country. I think that's where we are today. We're going to have to give up some things. And I think there are some things that we can give up for a safer community, the chief concluded. I've got an idea. i got an idea, chief. Why don't you and your boys in blue? Give up your guns first. Let's see you practice what you preach Let's see you give up the ability to defend yourself. No shotguns in the car, no AR-15s, no sidearms. None. You're just you're supposed to be there just to uh, to come in and to give the report and to find the bad guys, right? Why do you need the guns? Why do you need them? You lead the way. See, this is what every Marxist does. I remember we were planning a church over here in Gastonia, North Carolina. And one of the things that happened was uh, the kids were all gathered over the side. The adults, you know, we had finished up eating and they'd went over there to talk about something. And I just happened to walk over there and there was a young man there. He was seeing one of the girls. And all of a sudden, uh, he's, you know, I walk up and he's talking about stuff. And then he starts espousing Marxism. And I stopped him and I said, well, what are you doing, man? And he goes, well, I was just talking about this. And he kind of explained what he was doing. And I said, well, you know what that is, don't you? And he goes, he goes, yeah, this is the way we have a utopia. This is the way we can have peace and blah, 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 blah. And all this stuff. I said, you don't know your history very well, do you? I said, let me ask you something. I said, "Uh, you're you're talking about people, you know, giving their stuff. And I'm fine with people doing it out of love, not out of the force of government. Because the Bible gives us illustration of that. Read what happened after uh, Acts chapter two with the people of God. They began to sell their lands. They began to you know, bring them to the apostles and said, you know, whoever's got need, you take care of it and all. And then they had to get the deacons to do all that kind of stuff. Well, they were doing it out of love. They weren't doing it because the ch- church forced them to do it. They weren't doing it because the state forced them to do it. This young man was telling them, oh, we need this done. And I said, okay, let me ask you something. I said, you work for Time Warner. You probably make a pretty good salary doing what you do. And he goes, yeah, it's okay. I said, do you have an apartment? He goes, yeah. I said, why don't you give up that apartment? Go live on the street. Give that money that you're paying to the apartment to somebody else who needs it. And he just looked at me like a dare in the headlights. Like, what? I can't do that. I said, you got a cell phone there. You got a pretty expensive smartphone. Uh, Why don't you go get rid of that
0: and take that money that you're doing and give it to somebody who needs it? You know, I I said you got internet. You pay for electricity. Save that
1: money. Give it to somebody who needs it. I mean, if you're going to talk about this stuff, don't just talk about it. Be the example. Lead the way. And he wouldn't do it. And he looked at me like you have lost your mind, dude. But that
0: is what he was. That's what he was promoting. I said, don't promote that stuff in here ever again. This is what this police chief's doing. Do as I say, not as I do. That's exactly what they want to do. Exactly what they're wanting to do. Here's another guy. Now you may not think of this guy as upholding the law, but
1: fact of the matter, you want to get technical. The men, those able-bodied men, and I think probably this guy, he's as far as he's concerned, is uh, out of that able-bodied age, if you will, by, like I am. I, I'm I'm out of that, but yet it would still be my. I'd still consider it my duty. Um, to perform in a militia if i had to do that this guy bill gates he's not even in government but boy he sure is working with them this guy has been caught giving creepy sexual interviews to women who want to work for him I, i wonder if this has anything to do with his ties with epstein i wonder if it has anything to do with his his wife divorcing
0: him and all this other This comes from the Wall Street Journal. Some people who sought jobs at billionaire Bill Gates'
1: private office described going through an extensive screening process that included being questioned by a security firm about their sexual histories. What? What? What does that have to do with getting a job there? Asked past drug use and other parts of their private lives that might indicate they were vulnerable to blackmail. Oh.
0: Oh. Now, this comes from a guy who apparently had several extramarital
1: affairs himself, adulteries. Some female job candidates were asked whether they have uh, ever had extramarital affairs, what kind of pornography they preferred, or if they had nude photographs of themselves on their phones, according to the candidates and people familiar with their hiring process. While it couldn't be determined whether any men were asked such questions, none who spoke to the Wall Street Journal said they had. Female candidates sometimes were asked whether they had ever danced for dollars, some of the people said. One of the candidates was asked whether she had ever contracted a sexually transmitted disease, according to the candidate.
0: And then they, they say it's justified. Uh, Gates, his is uh, a spokeswoman for the office of Gates Ventures. Hasn't heard about
1: such questions being asked during background checks done by third-party contractors. Quote, this line of questioning would be unacceptable in a violation of Gates Ventures' agreement with the contractor who must comply with pre-employment screening laws, she said.
0: No, no, we don't don't do that kind of thing. We don't do that kind of thing here. Come on. But they do certain things. Uh, Cocentric. Says that
1: they work uh it, it cites work including pre-employment background checks and due diligence investigations. Questions related to past illegal drug use could violate the same law since they may reveal an addiction, which is
0: considered a disability. I don't know what that's all about. Um they wanted to know if they're using drugs and this, that, and the other.
1: Of course, keep in mind the play on words, drugs are manufactured. Medicines are grown, okay. But they've got you. They've got people in that kind of thinking. Somehow, I don't know how how that happened. But um, this uh, Miaskov, this person is tied with this um, concentric, concentric that does this kind of stuff. They say there's not a black letter law prohib- prohibition on asking questions related to sex. But getting the information and taking some adverse action with that information, such as rejecting the candidate, could lay the basis for a legal challenge. So the point is, is this. We've got Bill Gates who's working with those who are are servants within the government that was established that's not doing what it's supposed to do. And what's happening? Well, apparently... He's asking these ladies a lot of things that they don't need to be asked. And I get it. I get the the whole idea of, you know, you want to make sure somebody can't be blackmailed if you've got all kinds of stuff going on. I I get that. I get it. At the same time, if you're a woman going, uh, now, if you're a woman listening to this show, I'm doubting you're wanting a job for Bill Gates. But if you wanted a job
0: there, don't you think that'd be a little, like, that's none of your business, man. Yeah, that's none of your business. Anyway, then we've got this one, and this is about uh, China, Joe Biden. Absolutely incredible,
1: you guys. You guys heard about the Supreme Court rule, All these Supreme Court rulings that were were passed down.
0: They smacked down his student loan forgiveness, student loan bailout stuff that he was wanting to do. Well, within just a couple of hours, his legal team was right back at it going to fight it again believing they can win it reminds me of the michigan governor and which gretchen whitmer she was struck down by her state supreme court not once but twice and if i'm not
1: mistaken that's exactly why the militia that i mentioned earlier were there at the court
0: because she was a she's a criminal now, here's China Joe and his team pressing the Supreme Court. They say, nope, you can't do it. It's unconstitutional.
1: It's unconstitutional for them to be given loans anyway. Where in the in the U.S. Constitution does the U.S. government have the authority to give out
0: loans to students? They don't. You guys remember when I played for you the, the Davy Crockett little documentary sort of that we did,
1: where he told the guy who got, they gave $20,000 to these five families in Georgetown because their houses burned. And he was confronted by the people he was supposed to serve. And the one guy said, well, what in your money to give? You give 20 million, just as easy to give 20,000. You guys could have went without a week's salary. You could have pitched in there and you could have actually demonstrated
0: love rather than theft. You understand? Davy Crockett and those guys had committed a hate crime. How do you like that? How, how did they commit a hate crime to him? Because they stole. Remember when the, the guy came to Jesus
1: and he says, What's the greatest commandment? And he, and Jesus asked him, He says, What's the greatest commandment? And he goes, what's well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, Yep, that's it. And he says, Upon these two
0: commands, Love God and love your neighbor. Hang all the law and the prophets. This is where it is. And what is theft? It is a demonstration of hate towards your
1: neighbor. That's what it is. It's a demonstrative hate. You want to talk about love? I get people who will, uh, they, they give me this uh, kind of hippie love thing. You tell them what the law is. You show them. You try to help them understand that and they go, oh, you're just a bigot. You're just, you just hate on people and this, that, and the other. And, and then they'll go, lots of light and love to you, brother. What the heck is that? What is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's what James says. It's when you walk by somebody and you see them hungry and destitute and you go, blessings on you, brother. I'll pray for you. But you don't feed him and you don't give him drink. Do you love that guy, or do you love yourself? Take it to the story of the Good Samaritan. You've got all the religious guys that go past the, the this Jewish guy who's been beat up, left for dead by a bunch of bandits. They pass by because, oh, they gotta they got to do their work for the Lord, the Levite and the priest. And then you get this Samaritan, this half-breed, their sworn enemy, come by, uses his own oil and wine, binds up the guy's wounds, takes him to the inn, leaves him there, pays for, the, pays for his stay, and then said, I'm coming back through, and when I come back through, if you spend any more, I'll, I'll pay for that. And Jesus turns after he's told the story, and what does he do? He said, which one of these guys loved the man? And they said, well, it was the guy who stopped and took care of him. Yeah, he's like, well, go and do likewise. That's how you love. That's real love. That's real
0: love not a sad love. It's not a feigned love. It's not any of that. And yet here's China Joe continuing
1: to push us more and more into debt, despite what he's saying here. And if you recall, Lynn and I did a show on this with the student loan bailout stuff. We did a show on this showing you the strings that will be attached. If you're going to get forgiven your debt, there's going to be a lot of strings to attach to that. And most people don't know it. They just think, oh, well, the debt goes away. No, no. Every time government wants to, quote unquote, do something for you that seems positive, there's always strings attached to it. Always strings attached to it. Uh, this came from Yahoo News. The White House on Friday argued the new pathway for student loan forgiveness is valid, legal, and should be able should be able to hold up in the Supreme Court. It's not. I don't care what the Supreme Court says. They didn't have the authority in the first place to loan out money. And they can't point anywhere into the text of the Constitution, Article 1, they can't point anywhere where they have any interest in education or in giving away money to things not authorized. And there's only about 18 to 21 things, depending on how you number them, in Article 1 that Congress can write law on whereby they can fund. If they can't write law on it, they can't fund it, and they weren't given any authority to do any of that. Hours after the court struck down his initial effort to provide debt-ridden students with relief, Biden reintroduced a program to cancel up to $20,000 in student loan debt. The new effort is grounded in the Higher Education Act, unlike the first effort rooted in the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act which the administration argued they could use due to the national emergency established during the COVID-19 pandemic. When the Supreme Court struck down the program Friday, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in the court's majority opinion that the HEROES Act does not grant the authority to provide student debt relief. Nor does it provide, and what he should say is, nor does it provide where the government could give students loans.
0: They never get at the root of it. They never go back to the Constitution itself. They never do that. Absolutely incredible. They never invoke the Constitution.
1: He invoked the so-called major questions doctrine. See? They'll go everywhere else but the Constitution. They'll go everywhere else but the law that's been established which the court re- uses to require that Congress give clear authorization for the executive branch to implement matters of vast economic and political significance. Well, again, where, was the, where is this authorization in the Constitution that Congress had to provide law or legislation in order to give money to students? Where is that
0: at? Absolutely incredible, but they're supposed to uphold the law. But are they doing that? Nope, that's not what they're doing. They're not doing that at all. Here's another one. This was by Daniel Greenfield. Attorney General Garland caught lying about Hunter Biden case.
1: I mean, here's the guy. <laughs> he's the attorney general, for goodness sake. And we know he's crooked as a dog's hind leg. but nevertheless, just because he's crooked doesn't mean he's not supposed to uphold the
0: law. But he doesn't. He attacks it at every given turn. The Justice Department's
1: cover-up of the Hunter Biden case is unraveling in a series of unnecessary and ridiculous lies after the IRS whistleblowers came forward and stated that the case has been stalemated and blocked by Biden appointees in D.C. and California by A.G. Garland denials poured in. Attorney General Merrick Garland pushed back Wednesday against GOP accusations that the Justice Department's plea agreement with Hunter Biden, President Joe Biden's son, reflects a double standard of preferential treatment for Democrats. Are you kidding me? That isn't even a question. Anybody with eyes
0: to see can see that. That's exactly what it is. It's preferential treatment. Let me tell you something.
1: If I had done what Hunter Biden had done, do you think I'm going to get Garland's, uh, a uh, softness on me. Do you think I'm going to get some kind of preferential treatment? <laughs> no, I'm not getting any preferential treatment. Neither are you. It clearly is preferential treatment. Garland rejected the idea, pointing to the fact that a U.S. attorney in Delaware tasked with investigating Biden's son was appointed under the Trump administration.
0: Well, what difference does that make? What difference does that make? Uh, Donald Trump appointed the guy. Remember when he kicked out Jim Acosta out of the White House
1: press meeting? Remember he kicked him out? And rightfully so. I think he was right in doing it. But he kicked him out. Then a judge that Trump appointed said, no, 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 you got to let him back in, Mr. President. He's got a right to be there. Where did the judge judge that Trump appointed get the authority to tell him, no, 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 you got to let him back in there. He's got a right to be in the White House press corps.
0: It doesn't matter who's appointing them, the law is the same that has to be upheld. Gonna show you some of that out
1: of script. In fact, let's just go over there right now. I read this to you the other day. And this is Paul's argument about um how all are guilty and they're they're locked in under sin, whether a Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter. And he says this this is from Romans chapter three. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. And by the way, the reason I bring this up is because I hear so many people, they'll say, oh, praise the Lord. I'm forgiven of my sin. Uh, Praise him. Praise him. But I sin all.
0: They just talk like they've never stopped sinning. Ever. There has been no repentance. And they, oh, I don't want to hear about the law. I don't want to hear about the law. It's Old Testament stuff. Well,
1: just remember what Scripture says. If they don't point to the law and the prophets, there is no light in them. There's no light in them. So Paul says we're justified by faith without the deeds of the law, and that's absolutely true.
0: Our elder to church, Pastor Benjamin, he hit on this yesterday. Those that seek to
1: justify themselves by the works of the law will not be justified. Does that mean that we don't produce good works after after we've been born again, after we've been converted? Yep, we should, Ephesians 2.10. If we're not, we need to check ourselves to see whether or not we're in the faith. That's what Paul says, we're to examine ourselves. Don't need somebody else to examine me, I need to examine myself. So he says, we're not done that, and then he says this, is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also, seeing it is one God who shall justify the circumcision by faith and uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, God forbid that we should make void the law because we have faith. Nevertheless, we do what? We
0: establish the law. Now, he's specifically talking here about God's law, God's written law. And I think even what is written on the hearts of men, men know
1: right and wrong. They do. They'll suppress the truth and unrighteousness to break the law in certain areas, or they'll try to deceive themselves into all these kinds of things, but they know it's right and wrong. That's why they do it under the cover of darkness. If a man's going to steal something, what does he usually do? He uses deceptive means to cover up his theft, or he does it at night. If a man's going to murder Usually, he's going to try to do it someplace where he's not going to get caught and be seen, right? If a man's going to commit adultery, he's usually
0: not doing it right out in broad daylight on the beach somewhere. He's trying to do it privately, right? This, I mean, this is, this, this is what it is. But there is an establishment of law. And why is the law there?
1: Because I, I know people, oh, I, you know, I'm just tired of law. I don't want to hear law. Quit bringing up law. We're saved we're not under law. Yeah, we're not under law. I agree. Nevertheless, it doesn't give us a right to violate God's law, does it? It really doesn't. In fact, the law is good. It is holy. It is right. It's demonstrating the character of God. And again, this goes back to a lesson we had from yesterday. Does God commit adultery? No. Does God steal? No. Does God lie? No. Does God covet? No. Does God murder? No. Does God have other gods before him? No. The commands are holy. They reflect the holy holy character of God. And Paul says as much here. He says, but we know that the law is good if a man uses it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. Why? Because the righteous man is not going to want to violate the law. It's but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for man-stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine. According to the glorious gospel, hmm, it's tied right in with the gospel, isn't it? Yep, because you've got to use the law to show the person their need for a Savior from sin. According to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. So the law is useful. It's useful not only in the proclamation of the gospel, it is useful in society. What did he say it was for? It was for those who've committed these kinds of crimes.
0: These violations of God's law—that's what it's useful for. Take you over to this one. Again, I, I don't even know if a White House press secretary is sworn in. I'm
1: assuming they are too, but they're working in there. I'm assuming all—that's just my assumption—that any government employee would would have to take a, an oath to uphold that law. But uh, here's what here's what uh, here's another one. And you guys remember the, uh, the guy, I think he's from South Africa here. Yep. Well, he's from Africa, not South Africa. Simon Ateba. I think Bradley mentioned him a couple of weeks ago. He really called out, um, that knucklehead that takes the podium up there who thinks she's the first, you know, she wants to make everything about woke stuff or whatever. Um, he called her out because she wouldn't take his questions. He had been there for several months, and she wouldn't take his questions
0: and stuff. And he was just frustrated with it, and so he let her have it. Kareen Jean Pierre, or Jean Pierre, I don't know. This is what happened with him. Again, post
1: uphold the law. What what does the what does the law restrict Congress from making law on, and thereby uh, the executive branch? unable to enforce,
0: well, things that deal with freedom of the press. Here's what we read from Colin Lindbarger. Today News Africa
1: chief White House correspondent Simon Taba granted an exclusive interview Tuesday with the Daily Caller's Vince, somebody, boy, I'm going to mess this one up, Caglianese, <laughs> I don't know. where he revealed that he was scared the Biden regime would assassinate him because he's stirring things up in there. He says, I don't know if I'm safe. I don't know if they'll kill me. I don't know what they'll do next. Tebe has repeatedly butted heads with White House Press Secretary KJP in the briefing room for not calling on him in the briefing room because he tries to hold the regime accountable. And he does. He does try to do that. Fox News notes, Ateba has not been allowed to ask a question in nine months. Now, as the Daily Caller notes, Ateba tried to interrupt Monday's briefing to have his question answered, and Jean-Pierre responded by threatening to end the event. Well, I'll just take my ball and go home if you won't be quiet and stop pestering me about a question. Don't you know I'm the
0: first black Jamaican lesbian woke, propagandist ever to take this podium?
1: The two videos below show how the Biden regime tried to ease ataba. He he they gave the the edited version here. So check this out.
0: Not just to the PRC but to to other countries all all around the world. Now what they do about this is going to be for them to speak to. All I can do is tell you what President Biden's focused on, and that's making sure a we're staying. She's clearly acting secretary, and uh, we are doing everything uh, that we can during the budget negotiation to make those calls to have conversations with senators uh, on the Hill. uh through. Gotcha. you. To follow
1: up on. Okay. All right. So you see, you see there the edited version. Now here's what here's what really went on. Here's the unedited version. You ready for this one?
0: Journalist or any journalist that is just trying to do their job, and so I just want to I just want to be very clear about that. Discriminating against me for the past nine months. How is she discriminating? You no, know, she, she she called on you. She just gave you a few questions. I don't need a, a question. question in nine ask months. A question. please. I want me to do my job up. and ask my question. When about? you said that you are to do justice, like being didn't get it again. again. I mean, if this, this continues, we're going to end the press program. I mean, you you're being incredibly rude. Stop. You're being incredibly rude. You're being incredibly rude. We're talking over your colleagues. You're not applying for your You're talking over your colleagues. You're not applying for your colleagues. You're not applying your colleagues. Is she talking over
1: somebody? Is this woman talking over somebody too? If She won't call on him. This is the only way he can get the attention, is to make a fuss.
0: You're talking over your colleagues. You're talking over your colleagues. You're incredibly rude. What has this woman been but rude? Remember when that shooting took place out there at that that Christian school? And she said, this is an attack on transgenders. That was her words. How rude was that? And she has the audacity to do this. She's supposed to uphold the law, too. If you're going to have people in there, they should be addressed as far as what they're doing here. See, but what happens is, instead of serving the law, they
1: serve something else. And usually, usually, it is money
0: and riches. That's what they serve. That's what they serve. Jesus says this himself. From Luke chapter 16. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful
1: also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. See if you can't, this is this is why I tell you, if you're going to put somebody, whoops, if you're going to put somebody in office, they better have good character that's been demonstrated in the small, in their own home. If you put somebody in office and they haven't been faithful in their own home,
0: you're just asking for trouble. You're asking for trouble. He goes on and he says, If therefore ye have not been
1: faithful in the unrighteous mammon, unrighteous mammon, the money, the riches, if ye haven't been faithful with that, who will commit your trust to true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters. Now, I heard recently somebody had took this out of context, and they were making it, uh, some of the boys, they were talking about somebody who was doing employment, and they, they didn't like the fact that people were leaving the place where they're employed and going somewhere else. And they said, well, you can't serve two masters. Completely out of context. But Jesus says you can't serve two masters for either he will hate the one or love the other or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. And the Pharisees also who were covetous heard all these things and they derided him. And he said unto them, ye are they which justify yourselves before men, but God knoweth your heart for that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presseth into it and it is easier for heaven and earth to pass than one tittle of the law to fail. That's exactly right. And as I point back over into Romans chapter three, same thing. They're establishing the law. Why? Because all are condemned under law. I was going to point you to Jeremiah. You guys can look at this, Jeremiah 38. Uh, verses one to four. And you're going to find out when Jeremiah calls them back to the law, his, mer- his message was both spiritual and it was political. He called them back to the law. He, they said he was undermining the soldiers. You're not supporting the troops here, Jeremiah. And so they wanted to murder him and they ended up throwing him into a pit to shut him up. Listen, friends. If you want to overcome the enemy, the first place to start is repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not willing to do that, you're not willing to go up against the enemy. And you're going to go up in vain because you're not going to win. We have got to bring these people back in line under the law and bring justice against those who are undermining. Bradley, be with you
0: at three. We'll talk with you in the morning, Lord willing, 6 a.m. bright and early. See you then.